world what's shaking it's 9 11 i'm chad it's an episode of this life ain't for everybody and this day always puts things into perspective of how blessed we are and knowing where we were remembering where we were on that morning i'm on the west coast so we were getting feeds of it after it happened a little bit we're three hours behind new york but to see what was going on and what our brothers and sisters were doing just because they got up to go clock in and go to work at their office that they've been going to for years. Some of them might have been their first day at work. There was UPS delivery men and women in the building. There was catering going on. There was plumbers fixing pipes. There was receptionists, people answering phones, big meetings going on, big meetings getting ready to go on. And then the whole world was disrupted. And my guest today is one man that can get us through a time like that. And I'm sure that he has thought about that day many times in the lyrics that he writes. He's my absolute 100% favorite songwriter in America. I always compare his talents to Jamie Johnson and, um, Brent Cobb, thank you for being here again, my man. Howdy, howdy, old buddy. Do you uh, remember where you were? Oh, man. Yeah, I was in uh, 10th grade, 9th grade. I was in 9th grade Spanish class. And uh, our Spanish class was split into two. There was one lady, Miss Arnold, that was the main teacher. And then we had a guy named Dr. Lopez that would come in and teach and my my portion of the class got split up we were in dr lopez's class and uh he was drawing on the board the trade centers and planes flying into the trade centers as a demonstration and we thought he was just giving a demonstration for us to say in spanish and uh we didn't know that it was that as he was telling us, that's what happened this morning. And, uh, once we realized that, we, you know, it blew, I mean, it was, it was the oddest, eeriest feeling I've ever felt. And, uh, as everybody, you know, what's crazy is a few days ago, I was looking up videos of, uh, this sounds morbid, but I, I didn't do it morbidly uh, but i looked up videos of of people that were you know there's a lot of footage of people just jumping out all together out of the world trade center and uh i did it to you imagine being in that situation where you're trapped and i mean just listening to the phone calls you know of people calling their husbands or wives and, and saying I'm on the 83rd floor and it doesn't look good. And I mean, I can't imagine, you know, that day they got up and had their last cup of coffee and kissed their kids for the last time. And it's, I just can't even imagine, man, but there's, when you watch those videos, there's almost something calming because in a lot of those videos, people all at once who had worked together, who every day had come to the same office and had conversations around a coffee pot together, who probably attended each other's kids' birthday parties together. Like that day they decided together 
that they weren't going to sit in this room and suffocate to death together. They all jumped together, which is insane. It's incomprehensible. I can't even, I can't even imagine. But uh, and then you think about the heroes that just went in the firefighters and the police and and everybody who just. You remember this, too. I was old enough to know. If I'd have been a little younger, I may not have understood, but I was old enough to know in, in, in ninth grade. I think I was in ninth grade to know, to understand. Uh, I witnessed the whole country come together. And you did, too. Do you remember everybody the day after 9-11 oh, yeah. and how any kind of petty uh, – Stuff that just doesn't matter. Like, all that was aside. It was all about love and support and compassion and empathy. And all the trivial stuff was out the window. You remember how beautiful that moment was? Yeah, when you talk about it, it makes you think, like, why does it take the anniversary? Or the anniversary, 19 years later, of this day to have to spark the conversation. I'm not just specifically pointing you and I out. I'm talking about the compassion, the empathy. Like, where is that, like, on a more consistent basis throughout our our homes, our communities? And I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying, like, at this time in our lives, with how weird this year has been, Hopefully some people get some of that back today of sitting there going, this is what our country's really supposed to stand for. Right. And now it's almost like when you say it the way you just did, Brent, it's like, yeah, man, why, why can't people understand it? Why did it take that kind of a, a catastrophe and seeing our brothers and sisters fall like that and make that decision to jump out of a skyscraper building think, to get well, us there? I think it's partly because like anything in life that you Life is not forever. It's all going to end for everything and everybody. At some point, it's all going to end. And I think when you take a moment like that, a super sad catastrophe, it wakes everybody up for a second to realize that the normal day-to-day, mundane, nine-to-five, Monday through Friday life is something we've created to to take our minds off the fact that it's all temporary. And when something happens to make you go, holy shit, we're all not here forever. You know, it makes you realize because there are a lot of people that lost their lives that day. And it, it make it forces you to realize that this is all temporary. You know, when you start talking about the word temporary, Brent, and you're from where you are and you do believe in a higher power, you're a God-fearing Christian man, do you live Do you live in the mindset of blessings and privileges of 
that you were put on earth. You're given what you're given because that's, it's not yours. Do you know where I'm going with that question? It's not really yours, but we have to realize that we are doing it for a different reason. I know that you don't preach, you don't go out. I know you're very spiritual. I know that I've never seen you go out and preach or get on a, a, your your new song has a lot to do with this, which we'll get into, but do you, do you live by knowing that none of this is ours because i'm starting to feel that more and more as i watch my daughter grow up yeah well it's all yeah i mean i think i believe in jesus you know i believe it's all a blessing just the just to experience life at all but i've had a pretty decent life uh you know we we weren't broke 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 we were broke probably more broke than i imagined growing up you know we were we didn't have we didn't have a whole lot but we weren't suffering either you know what i mean like we you know we weren't life in some places is a lot worse so it's hard to say that i mean maybe for everybody it's it's a tricky situation man because it's all a, it's kind of a blessing to even get to experience it at all, to just get to experience life at all, bad and good, the good with the bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, my experience is different than your experience. You know what I mean? Your experience is different than your own brother's experience. It's every experience is different. It's but I'll, but it's kind of like every tree's experience is different. Every tree, I'm looking, I'm sounding like a hippie right now, but I'm looking at these trees here outside the, a huge light and lightning struck one of these two big pine trees. The one pine tree fell to the ground. It's in the middle of the slough. I could show you out here in a second. The other pine tree kept on growing. I wonder if either of those pine trees, they didn't try to fight anything that happened to them. They, human beings are the only people who try to go against what is the way life is going to go. You're just going to live life and then you're going to die. You know? So, do you think that back to my question, but when, before you answered it that way, do you think that we press too hard to change the inevitable? Is it okay to work harder than the next guy? Are we supposed to let it come as it's going to come? Are we allowed to make our own path? Are we, well, how do, how do we know. do that? Cause that tree can't, that tree can't, it only has one way to go. Well, in our perception, it can't. True. I suppose if, if, if you were a, if you were a spiritual being not of this earth, then your perception of us would say we would look like the tree. Maybe not though. I don't have the answers. I don't know. I just, to me, it seems like there's a lot more going on around us that we maybe we can't see, you know, I don't know. Okay. So then take it to songwriting and why, why do what is your belief in why some songs go that go and some don't is is it 
where why, where are they? Where where are they supposed to go? You write unbelievable songs, but then this song over here that a lot of people would never put on that level goes to this height, but this one stays down here. Is that already figured out by the t- before you even start writing that song? Like, how does it work out? Like, how do you compare it to what you're doing to make a living? If you're saying that, you know, people can look at us and know that, hey, we're just like those trees. We really aren't supposed to get in the way. Then why isn't everything equal? I don't know. Or it's, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Well, I, well, I depend on you for these kind of answers, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure this shit out, too, man. But then I'm also, I'm also trying to not try too hard to figure it out because what does it all really matter anyway i don't know i don't know that you know i don't know that anything matters but i i try to live like it all matters but i don't know how much it all really does matter you know i don't know so when you say that you live like it all matters are you still of the mindset that that it's okay to be high sometimes. It's okay to be down sometimes. It's okay to be lonely and depressed sometimes and happy and high and, and, and buzzed and, and stoned sometimes and, and straight and sober sometimes and you still enjoy it all? Absolutely. I enjoy all of that equally. Yes. Do it's you all think part of the, the experience. If you had to put a guess, just an estimated guess on how many people would answer that question the way you just did, how many Americans, let's just take America, how many Americans percentage-wise would you guess would answer it, I enjoy all of that equally? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't, you know, probably not very many. I don't know. Because uh, it's not normal to hear somebody say that they enjoy being depressed. Yeah. I've tried to explain to people how you explained it to me. And they're like, how could you like being depressed? And I tell them that Brent says that that is the way that, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's being dark once in a while is what life is all about. So you can see the light. You got to go through the bad to enjoy the good, sure. even though, you know, what, who's to say what's good and bad. But if you get broken up with that's dark spot that could become a dark time but what is it really teaching you for then, what's around the corner what's it teaching you 10 years later you're yeah. a different person because of that going through the darkness and accepting the darkness now when you're in the middle of it it's not as easy to accept but it's kind of like a bad mushroom trip you know i i i have experienced some psilocybin i've experimented with some psilocybin you know not just partying but but you know, just it's a it's an amazing substance. With psilocybin is the the part of the the chemical that in mushrooms, magic mushrooms, that make you trip. You know, and uh, when you experience those those type of things, sometimes you can have a bad trip, and it ain't very fun. And it's gonna last a while. It's gonna last a few hours. Anytime I've ever had a bad trip on psilocybin. The next day, I still learned something through it. It wasn't, it was bad, but you learned something, you know? And uh, I've also had equally uh, informative experiences through just praying, completely sober. I've, I've prayed to God and had the, I've tripped the same way you would with psilocybin. And in those moments, just like life, you go through bad shit, and when you get through it, if you'll wait it out and you get through it, 
you're going to learn something. You're going to be different, you know. As a father, and I know how you feel about your family, you've made it evident to me as a friend over the last four, uh, 24 and a half months. Do you fear for those hard times and those dark times and those bad times and those breakups and getting cut from the, the, the varsity volleyball team or not, or not being the prettiest girl in class or not being the, the most popular boy, maybe even getting bullied? Do you fear for that when you look at your kids now, even though you know that we have to learn to go through the dark times and you yourself have done it? I have done it a lot. Uh-huh. Do, do you, how do you, how do you, tell them that how do you feel as a dad when you know those kids that are so part of your being right your makeup you and your wife how do you how do you do that like how are we supposed to look at that as parents knowing I've, I've, knowing that they're not gonna that they're gonna have to witness that or experience that i fear for their spirit and the lack of experience that there's like i worry now is a different time than it was when i grew up it's a different time than you grew up um, it's easier now for other thoughts and other people's thoughts to infiltrate my kids' thoughts, especially on those ages, you know, when, when Lila gets to be 12 or Tuck gets to be 12, you know, it's easier for other, all around the world, other thoughts to infiltrate my kids' happy thoughts and or sad thoughts or happy spirit or sad spirit and yeah it worries me i hope all i can do is hope that i set up a foundation enough for them now for when those times do come that they may willingly accept the fact that i think it's a fact that it's okay to be sad and to feel depressed and ain't gonna last forever And, you know, you have to, you have to, even in those times, this is to my kids, that even in those times, you have to know that it's all a part of this experience of life that is temporary. And just like those feelings are temporary. I hope that I will have set a foundation up enough for them to accept whatever it is going on in their life, you know, and, and to be grateful for it, you know. I hope. Do you ever wish that you had the power to stop the hands of time or do you enjoy taking life as it comes at the speed that it comes and at the rate when our dads would say, trust me, you're going to be right here someday. Hey, time flies. Time flies when you're having fun, man, the good days, you know, the good days just come and go so fast. It's almost like I saw, I was with you on a bus singing songs in February and it seems like it was last night and it's literally been seven months. I I'm 45. I feel like I was in my twenties yesterday. I know that you're not scared to die, but do you ever wish you could slow it down because you feel like it's out of control? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't want to slow it down if it wasn't such a blessing. I didn't know that it was fleeting if I knew it was forever, I wouldn't want to slow it down. And I talked to Lila. My daughter is, she's a lot like I was as a kid. Even as a kid, I knew that those were some of the best days of my life, you know? And uh, I knew that that moment wasn't going to last forever. 
And knowing that and being aware of that was sad, but it was also exciting because it made me really take advantage of the, the present moment that I was in. And Lila's the same way. She asks me, you know, we have those those back porch conversations in the evenings. We'll sit out on the steps, back porch, and look up at the stars and just let her talk about whatever's on her mind. And she's a, a pretty heavy six-year-old. She, she's, she thinks pretty heavy. And uh, she has said, she's like, did you know? She, or she said the other night, she said, uh, these days that we're in right now, they're like the old days. They'll be the old days someday. And I said, I know, baby. I, that's a way I thought when I was a kid, too. These, these, this exact moment, right now, me and you having this conversation, tomorrow will be a part of the old days. You know, which on one hand is sad a little bit because it's, it's going to be in the past. But on the other hand, the present moment is the simplest it'll ever be. Because as time goes by, it's going to get more complicated. So you have to appreciate the simplest moment. You're, you know, anytime you think about the past, everybody has hard times. But for the most part, when you think about the past, you think about you think about them as the good old days. You know, man, things used to be a lot more simple back 20 years ago. So if that's true, 20 years from now, we're going to be thinking, man, Things were a lot simpler in these days. And I, I think we have to always be aware of that, you know. So if if your heavy thinking six-year-old daughter Layla comes up to dad and says, Daddy, what kind of songs do you sing? Assuming that she doesn't already know for herself, but she wants you to tell her, how do you define what you do as far as I'm not trying to transition out of what we're talking about. I'm just trying to talk about, because I know that when you hear a question or when you hear a six year old say that to you as a, as a, one of, if not my favorite songwriter, you got to be thinking like there's a song in that. Because when I heard you say these days are the old days already, like there's, do you, can you define to a six year old what your music is? Or do you even know at this time what your music is? Because I can't, people are like, well, what kind of music does Brent Cobb sing? I mean, I don't know if you even can define it with how heavy some of the lyrics are. I don't even know if you can, and you're the one that makes it up. I just came up with a, a slogan for what I do that I would say to Lila too. I say, well, baby, I do country music for grown folks. <laughs> And, and and you you can be six years old and be a grown folk. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It depends on how how far you want to you want to think. You know, this country music for grown folks. That's what I think I do. I don't know if I could argue that. I don't know if I don't know, uh, but I would say that people that I did not assume were growing, or I made a assumption about, but then they heard it, and I was surprised of like. Oh, wow. Everybody gets it. So like, that's a validation to you of like how it hits. Like before we started this, I showed you those screenshots of what I was being told by a friend. Um, as you sit here today and in, in this weird year of 2020, Brent Cobb, do you, do you find, um, balance and acceptance in where you're at because of your body of work that you're so you're so passionate about that body of work because it's you 
do you find acceptance and balance every day or do you find going back to 15 minutes ago in this conversation, do you find yourself ever overreaching or getting in that, that ideology that something's got to give and I got to do something different? Do you ever get like that? I don't know. I don't really think about it that much. Uh, I don't think so. I, but yeah, I mean, everybody looks back sometimes at whatever they were thinking and, and go, Man, maybe I was trying too hard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think about it. Okay, so we're we're three songs into the new album that drops next month, and I love talking about that part of what you do because I think that the first three songs off of this album, um, I'm going to name them, The World is Ending, Keep Them on Their Toes, and Shut Up and Sing. I think they're pretty they're, I think they're a lot different from what people have heard. Now, not uh, they're going to know it's Brent Cobb, but the lyrics in these songs. And I think it was one of your goals with the production of this album was the out front lyric that is going to stick and these first three cuts off of this album are amazing okay so kudos to you for writing them and whoever your co-writers are i know you've heard that from me a million times there's only so many times i can say that to where you're going to be like old buddy it's okay i get it you like my music i know i get it but the messaging in these is pretty pretty deep brent cobb as simple as they are it's pretty deep to me like when i hear the lines about don't show them your hand with the hot pot like i'm almost like how in the hell can a human being think along the lines of saying it that way? Because, and then when you hear the new cut of shut up and sing, I got like at least 60 questions for you about that song, which we're not going to get into all of them. But when you're writing an album like this, are you intentional? Is Brent Cobb intentional with the lyrics? Are you trying to say something that's not just, hey, this is the, for your enjoyment and your entertainment and that you're going to brush your teeth and do your hair in the shower this morning ba- dancing around to my music. Are you intentional with these lyrics? Uh, yes. Partly, the, the first part of it is I'm, I'm searching myself for understanding of the world around it. That's the, the first inspiration is that. Um. But then, yes, when I write, here's the thing, Chad, you and I are similar in we got to, we grew up in a certain place. I grew up in a real rural place, very small town place. There are a bunch of the certain type of same people, you know, a lot of people think the same. But it's like that everywhere, all over the country, all over the world. And so I have been fortunate enough from my career has drawn me out of where I'm from and to go experience life in everywhere, all over the country, all over the world. And the one common thread that I have discovered is that everybody feels the same way. Everybody feels as strongly about whatever their opinion is as the person that opposes their opinion entirely but they both feel equally as strong about whatever it is they believe in. The trouble is sometimes neither of them have experienced each other's side of the river, which is a song on the album, this side of the river. And I just, I just want this. I wanted this album when I was writing it to 
to let folks know that, hey, you ain't alone. Everybody feels the way you do about, might be about something different, but they feel the same way that you do about whatever you believe in. And it's not uncommon. You know, you're not the only one that feels that strong about whatever it is you're talking about, you know? Even though it's not the same as the person on the other side of the river, per se. It's like a, I think that that's a, a really good way of saying, in maturing into my life, I, I believe that to where no matter what my, 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 let's say political views, I'm not going to get into them, but my political views, I believe in them. But the person that doesn't believes just as strongly in his or hers over here. And maybe you can meet in the middle of that river or at least come over to my porch one day and see well, it from my side. And I'll go over to you for me. At least we could have a conversation and at least seemed, be educated. It seemed like back, you know, when I was growing up, the internet didn't exist. And if you had a differing opinion, you sat around the, the kitchen table and had coffee with those people who didn't believe what you believed. And you might have an argument at the coffee table, but then by the evening, everybody'd be hugging and saying a prayer together and having dinner. You know what I mean? And it, that still exists, but it's gotten so polarized that, people don't even know how to hug each other anymore, even though they believe something different. They don't realize that we're all just still human and nobody wants to even take the time to look at what someone else believes, even though they believe equally in what they're, they're not telling it to you because they don't believe in it. They believe in it just the same. And you're doing the same. You're telling them because you believe in it. So if for no other reason that we can get on the same page, we could at least get on that same page. You know what I mean? That, that we're all grew up different and that we all believe in something, you know, Brent, Brent, Brent Cobb, do you think that social media has destroyed the fabric of our culture and our society? (laughs) Because my, my, my brother called it a long time ago. He said, this will be the downturn, which is a great Adam hood song, by the way, but this will be the, this will be the downfall and the downturn of society. And in a way, Listen, do you talk like that? It has been because of we we already well, think. Go ahead. Well, I mean, we're we're in the very early stages still of social media. So, yes, right now it's like a kid who just got his first BB gun, and all you want to do is shoot cans with that BB gun. You're excited about it. You know, everybody has just got social media, man. We're still early and everybody's excited about shooting the shit out of some cans. And I think eventually, you know, we'll start thinking, we'll start going, man, I wonder how you clean this gun. I wonder how you keep this gun shooting. And I wonder, maybe my friend, you know, your friend's going to ask you to borrow that, that BB gun. You know what I mean? Like, I think social media eventually will come to a place where we start analyzing like we'll think more about it than right now we're just shooting just to shoot because we've never gotten to take the shot before you know i wonder if any american or anybody in the world has ever analyzed social media like you just did i'm gonna say (laughs) but it's so perfect i'm gonna say no and i'm gonna sing us i'm gonna sing a lyric to you because you mentioned the river and i've been listening to this song and this isn't your song but you're gonna know the song because you gave me this song um, I made a fire up on a hill. I sat in the woods and I drank my fill. I talked to God all night. I took another shot 
and it set me right. I walked down to the road and I filled a beer can full of 22 holes and I said goodbye. Now, when I say those words, like just say them like I just did, it sounds so simple. But why is that song so genius? And I'm talking about the, the great Chris Knight who was on the show last week. Oh, you had Chris on? Yeah. And I said, have you ever heard of Brent Cobb? And he says, verbatim, and you can listen to the episode. He goes, I don't know if I said, have you heard him? But he goes, verbatim, I like him a lot. <laughs> and I was no. like, I swear on my life, you'll be able to hear it on the episode. So, so <clears throat> when I hear the lyrics that he says in that song, it's called Rural Route. The song that I knew of Chris Knight before you introduced me to Rural Route, he has a line about even if I had to gun him down, he just spent four, like three minutes telling me that he's been framed for this murder of his wife's, you know, her, her, her affair that she's been having. And then in the last verse, he says that he really got framed by the wife and the guy and he had to gun him down. You know, he was hell bound. Why is he so special as a songwriter? Because when you listen to his lyrics, it puts me in a place of, I literally can't, it's like your music. I, I have to have it to live my life. Why is Chris Knight so important to the fabric of songwriting or is he, and I'm just overzealous of his lyrics. No, I think it's for the same reasons that we're talking about any of this stuff. I think that Chris also understands that, He's from rural Kentucky. He's from Slaughter, Kentucky. But he understands that people are people. It don't matter where you go. And he might have a different way of describing those emotions. But they're the same emotions, nonetheless, that everybody experiences. And I I think that's why he's so important. Do you consider him one of the best and i'm not this is a hard question for you because you work with a lot of these songwriters and singers and entertainers and performers and artists is he one of the best of all time with the the body of work that he has put out there absolutely yeah he's uh he's yeah he's the best at what he does for sure and just as a songwriter in general absolutely i mean there's no one else has when I say voice, I don't mean the tone of his voice. I just mean like his voice. He, he, nobody else has that voice. Nobody's going to say it like Chris Knight said, it, you know, which is, that's what it's about to me. I know that you know a lot of people and you get a lot of, you could get a concert ticket to pretty much anybody in Nashville. Would you pay to see a Chris Knight show acoustically or full band? Both. Hell yeah. First time I ever saw him. Uh, we opened for him at the Georgia theater in Athens, Georgia. This is probably 2012, 2013. And, uh, he had on the way there, his van broke down. And so they were super late getting a sound check. And, uh, we played our show and then came down and there were, I mean, there weren't many folks there, but my banjo player at the time, Chase McGill, who now he's a, just like on fire as a songwriter, but really good dude from Mississippi. He knew Chris's music a lot more than I did. And uh, we went in. He's like, you got to listen. We got to go watch some of Chris's set. So we go in, and and it's just him acoustic, and he plays Rural Route. It's the first time I ever heard that song. And, dude, I ain't joking. I started crying right there in the middle of the crowd, man. I know. That's where I was going with my questioning of buying a ticket. 
why did you start crying to those lyrics? Are they that deep? It stirred something in my soul, man. I don't know. I don't really know. And it's that universal spirit. You know? Do you know the song by heart to where you could cover it? Hell yeah, I'll do it right now. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Brent. I got. I want to make sure that this internet's good for this. I had no idea this was going to happen. Can you hear me? I might, I might screw it up. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I just want to make sure that I got good reception because I don't want this missed. This is going to be unbelievable. Well, if it, if it doesn't happen, then screw it. But you got me right now? Yeah, just Chris Knight, come I on. I built the fire on a hill Sat in the woods Drank my fill And I talked to God all night Took another shot Set me right Then I walked down to the road Filled a big can full of 22 holes And I said goodbye yeah, I said goodbye. I go back, but I can't go home. The river is up and the road is closed. There ain't no telephone at my mother's house. All the lights are out down on the rural. Uh-huh. Ain't much and nothing left. Oh shoot! I remember the second verse. Yeah, in the, I love that in the, song so there much, ain't much man. or nothing left in the place where I became myself. I became myself. Uh, ghost and memory. No, 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 no. Go, ghost and memory. I see my brother. That's right. All the ghost memories. I don't remember all of it, man. Ghost and memory. Ask me if I've seen my brother. I just said no. Well, I guess I gotta go. <laughs> I go back, but I can't go home. Boy, that's good now. I saw it's Penny just a Dan- conversation. It's just this. I mean, I think that's what he says. I saw Penny down at the bank. I might be wrong on that lyric. Oh, it is. That's right. And it's like uh, that, that that line right before. We, we had a bad connection, but you got me? Yeah, I got you. It was uh, ghost and memories. I'd walk on by, but they'd follow me. And that line right there, I'm just like, damn it, man. Like, So when I had him on, I asked him, I said, well, what is it? What, what What's this song? He said, I grew up on rural route one and he said, his, he says his daddy's name. He says, he says John C. Knight or whatever rural route. one. I'm just like, good Lord. Like everything you just said, like the river songs about how and his brother, he, he'd light up that boat motor and go get groceries. And one day I'm going to see what this does when I ain't got it loaded down with the groceries. And I'm yeah, like, dude. it's just cool shit, right? You damn right. I could listen to that library over and over again. Is is so is that episode available now? It will be next week and I'm going to send it to you. I'll send you the link because he he said he said I want to come back on. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh That's awesome. I was just like, man, it's like you you when you you get kind of jaded I think in this life cuz you know everybody in this industry. I mean, you've been you've wrote with Chris Stapleton, who's arguably the the best voice in country music right now. Um, 
but just having him on here and hearing him say my name and talk to me and then having him te- having him text me brent cobb and say thank you i was like yeah. that's freaking chris knight man yeah dude Absolutely. I, I saw I saw a quote that a mutual of uh, a friend of yours, Miranda Lambert, said that she felt like a 15 year old meeting Justin Bieber when she met Chris Knight for the first time. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the case, man. A 15 year old meeting Justin Bieber. That's how it feels when you meet Chris Knight as a songwriter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What before we get off of him? Do you think that the that the basis of It Ain't Easy Being Me is one of the, like, it's got to be one of the top songs, just the way that he describes that town and that bridge and walk on over to the other side where I'd sit and stare through the smoke, wondering how I'm going to get back after you've already l- l- screwed up your life by burning that. Like, is there a better way to put life than that song? Yeah, I said you'd have a hard time trying to find a better way of describing it killer lyrics right so when you start talking about the 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 new stuff with you does shut up and sing mean that when i'm watching an award show that i just want to be entertained or if i'm at a concert and i just want to go see my i just want to go see somebody sing a song that that platform should not be used even though it is their platform is it okay for them to get up and press religious beliefs or political beliefs or any kind of belief I'm trying to figure out, I'm sure everybody's going to have a different meaning of what the song is. But to me, it's like, unless you got something important to say, I'm just going to shut up and sing. What does it mean? Or is it up for argument? I think it's up for argument. For me, though, I'm better at articulating my thoughts and feelings through song. And so I'm not as good at having a conversation about it. So I would rather shut up and sing. Uh, I think that some people, you know, they like to talk about what their thoughts and feelings are. You know, some artists are that way, and that's fine. They do what, what they like to do. But for me, I'm better at just shutting up and singing. And uh, But, however, I do wonder, had social media existed in the 60s, would we have had the times they are changing by Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful song that, or born in the USA, you know, by the boss. Like it's sometimes songs are more accepted than someone who people feel like are preaching at them. I think it might be more effective, you know, and it's definitely more, uh, all-inclusive if you have a song you could mean one thing but you have people who don't agree eye to eye on whatever you're singing about they might all sing that song together and that's a beautiful thing yeah very are you are you getting feedback that you expected on the song has there been any feedback from anybody that that threw you for a loop or made you think a little bit of like oh i wasn't expecting that no, it's been I've, everything that's been said has been expected. It's done exactly what I hoped it do. It's so funny though, because you read these comments where people are trying to figure out what side of the fence I'm on, which is exactly what the song is about. It's like we have all these 
all this shit going on in the world. And this happens all the time in politics and everything where instead of focusing on whatever the task is, people get so off track with trying to figure out what somebody represents instead of let's focus on what, what, you know, whatever the, the, the thing is that we should be focusing on. Instead, everybody gets off on a tangent arguing about what I believe, what I believe doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what I believe, you know? I agree. I, I, I think that it, it's a very good lesson in life to understand that what you just said, nobody cares shut up and sing or shut up and play baseball or shut up and shoot the basketball or right. shut, just just or, sh- or, do it or if you feel if 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 your thing is to go preach it people preach it people it's just not my thing you know what i mean i i would rather shut up and sing i would uh, I like when you do that. I mean, I like hearing you talk, but I also like when you shut up and sing. How at one time you had told me that your favorite part of touring is going back home, which is just an awesome way of putting it. <laughs> do you miss it right now even more than you did three, four months ago when we talked? Is it starting to get to you that you're now not that out I there with the boys? Now that I can't do it, yes, I wish I could. Uh, isn't it funny how that works? But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. I hope we get to go back and play songs. I hope maybe by spring of next year, maybe we'll be able to get back on it. When, when are you allowed personally to travel to take a trip? Like I tried, I mean, I like I tried 30 days ago, but now how, where, when are you allowed to? I mean, I could take a trip whenever. I mean, it's, you know, personally I could, do what you know i can do whatever now when when we were going to do that thing your your deal it was a little weird because things started blowing up again and uh you know you just never knew but uh so if i sent you a date and i said hey could you at least look into this one would you would you try to look into it for me you know i would okay i'm going to today (laughs) um is there anything on the horizon that we can expect? Um, the new vinyl's coming out. The vinyl is uh, kind of a, you, you alluded to mushrooms earlier. It's all, I think it has something to do along the, the theme of mushrooms. Is this allowed to be talked about? Has it been released to public? And why, what gives you this idea? Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with vinyl. How do you come up with this design or create the creative on this one? Um, well, through my experiences of psilocybin and praying, you, like, here's the thing. I'll get to the creative part of it. But the psilocybin, you can achieve the same experience through praying. Psilocybin mushrooms, they they just get get you there quicker. And uh, so... Through these experiences, it caused me to write this whole album of, you know, when you're tripping, you kind of have this feeling of oneness with everything and that, you know, time doesn't matter. It's all happening. It already all happened. It's all going to happen at the same time. And uh, I probably may, I may not have wrote this album had it not been through that experience. And uh, so I wanted to incorporate the dance and mushrooms on the 
you know, on the on the album, on the vinyl cover. At one time, Brent Cobb, you talk, you said in an interview, or I may have been eavesdropping on something. I can't remember it. And you might not even remember saying it, but you said after Shine on Rainy Day that you didn't even know, you never knew you'd have another opportunity to put out another album. You had no idea that people would accept it the way now. You had had earlier music out, but there's people like Rob Snyder that have told me, uh, Channing Wilson said it on this podcast when he heard shine on rainy day and then the album in its entirety, he was blown away. Like he goes, what in the hell is going on? Brent Cobb is onto something. Then all of a sudden Providence comes out. You got King of Alabama about Wayne. You got songs on there that are just freaking genius. Has your mindset changed on the forward momentum or the forward focus of where you're bounded to go with this career because now i've heard from people that are that are on the radio now um travis denning on this podcast said this ray fulcher who's a songwriter in nashville said this that in 10 years brent cobb will be the biggest thing in country music does that mean anything to hear you with people that are that that are there that they got some hits out on the radio that you've write, written with some you haven't written with does that stick it stick with you does it hit home with you that you have that reputation amongst the the people that are in nashville has it hit home or are you still like uh this might be my last record kind of attitude i've always played the long game and i always hoped that eventually if you stay in it anything you do eventually you'll become the influence you know and uh and so now i'm starting to see some of that where People that are coming to town, I, they have listened to me for a long time, you know, because they're into the songwriters and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't approach making an album any differently. I always make an album as though I might die the day after it comes out. And what would I want my children, like, if I wasn't able to be around, how would I want them to know what their daddy thought, you know? And uh, I tried to do that with, Providence with Shine on Rainy Day with this album. And uh and at this point I'm making a decent living doing it. And so I don't plan to not ever make an album again. But at, at the same time, you know, if I can't make an album again, I've I've at this point said anything that I could say. And uh but yeah, as long as I can keep keep doing it, I'm gonna keep doing it. It's it's never a it's never a to hell with it thought process it's just i'm going to do it as long as i can do it you know so how long does the mindset take to transition from the current album that's getting ready to release in 30 days to sites on the next one do you already know that you're writing for another album right now or does it take a little bit like a baseball player gets done with the world series and he goes to vegas and parties a little bit before spring training in a couple months sure well, I've started to develop already the idea of what I think the theme of the next album will be. I haven't yet started writing the actual songs for it, and it may take a completely different turn than what I think it's going to take. Um, I really don't know until I get closer, because right now, like you said, I mean, we're, I hadn't even released this album, so it's kind of hard to... My mind is still on those songs, so... You know, until we get it out, yeah. There's definitely a, a, a there's a, a a lag time. You know, there's there's definitely a, a time between albums that uh, that I start thinking about it. Um, 
we've had discussions about a friend of yours named Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan can sing a country song. Luke's been in a lot of discussions about some of the songs that he has put out. His new album is freaking awesome. Okay. Like it's awesome. There's one song on there. I don't awesome. like there's one song on there. I don't like, I'll never like it. The number, the first song I think it is with, with, is, uh, that, is that if, where are we going? No, that song is awesome. But this song is called bumping, uh, <laughs> bump. What's it called? Uh, shaking boots, uh, knocking boots. I'm just not knocking a big fan boots. of it, but you have a cut on here that I think it's got double meaning too, or is it self-explanatory? I started, well, I, I brought a piece of that song in, the idea, and I had the title. And I, yeah, on one side of it, there is a deeper meaning. Where are we going when we leave here, you know? Um, but I thought it was neat. He and I both started dating our wives in a similar fashion. They started dating in college. Me and my wife started dating when she was in college. And, uh, you know, we wanted to capture, on the surface level, we wanted to capture just that story of you know starting to date somebody but yes there is a deeper more spiritual where are we going when we leave here i thought so it's a great song mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, mutual mutual another friend of yours randy montana has a song about a boat on there that is very good in my opinion uh -huh. um, it's a country album man it's like it's country it's it's just got a lot of country to it and i like it he's great dude randy or luke luke's got both luke's got a lot to say man i don't think folks realize it you know and it's cool because he hadn't shown all his cards he still has he still has some aces up in sleeves you know what um happened last week are you allowed to give me any insight of capricorn and are you proud of what happened and are we are we going to be blown away by what you and adam are getting ready to put out will we hear your voice on the new adam hood record who was involved yet, i've yet to put my voice on the adam hood album but uh adam just asked me if i would here's how it all happened so last year he was talking about making a new album and i said man I don't want any credit, but if you will just let me help you pick songs for this album, I would love to be a part of that process. And because I'm a huge, I, he's one of my best friends, but I'm also a huge fan of his, you know? And uh, so there are two or three conversations and, and finally he just said, well, why don't you just produce the damn thing? And, uh, but I said, okay. And then Ben, Ratliff, who is managing Adam now, he is the one that actually put together uh, the Blackberry Smoke at Capricorn, and uh, which what an amazing way of making an album, especially an Adam Hood album. I mean, that's historic already. And uh, yeah, I told Adam that if it turns out great, then it's because I'm just a fan, and if it turns out terrible, it's because I'm just a fan. And uh, you can expect a, a, a album of hoods that it, it just hits a little harder than the last albums that he's made. You know, you said I, I wanted this album to feel like, you know, when Adam walks in the room, he's like, I'm Adam Hood, man. I wanted it. I wanted you to feel that character. I wanted you to feel him. You know, that's what we tried to accomplish. He did one on here that you pinned with him, helped him pin 
called The Harder Stuff, and I was blown away by it. He he was on the podcast the day before yesterday, and I was blown away by the lyrics and The Harder Stuff. Is this a powerful song, in your opinion? Absolutely. I went through 260 songs by Adam Hood over the course of two months, and uh, that was the first song that I knew for sure we had to record. Wow. How long ago did he start that song? A month or two ago. It was one of the most recent ones that he had been writing and he sent it to me and uh, it floored me. I was like, dude, that's the album we got to make, man. And so then I based the rest of the songs that I helped him pick off of that one song to now they don't all, that's a ballad. See, that's, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, it's badass. I can't wait for you to hear it. Before I ask my question about the band you name in there that helped with this project, if you could only pick one more Adam Hood song to hear, and they were all going away, they're like, they're gone, they're getting burnt, and you'll never hear another Adam Hood song again, what would it be? Could you pick one? Ooh. Uh, God, that's a tough question, man. I know, because there's so many. Um, I love... Yeah, I loved his cover. It's a cover song. It's not even one he wrote, but but that cover. Uh, I knew a girl named Dee Dee. Said she was a friend uh, by you, girl. Yeah, uh, which is actually a Willis Allen Ramsey song. But a song that Adam wrote. Man, uh, golly, you put me on the spot. Now I can't think of any of them because I got this whole new album in my mind. But. Uh, well, I just put uh, I just put the, sh- the shape of things, the Ooh. shape of things. That song, man, so strong. It's, it's so prolific. It's just, it's really good, man. Yeah, everything he does. I remember when I didn't realize how prolific of a songwriter he was until we did some touring together in 2010. And then when we got done with our run, I had his whole catalog, and so I was just listening to it. I was like, holy shit, man. This guy's written a song about everything that you could write a song about. So I uh yeah. I put a song of his out the other day on one of my deals called Tennessee Will. And oh, yeah. just the way that song starts, like I feel yeah, like man. I'm I feel like I'm in BB King's blues bar in freaking in Memphis. Upright piano. Oh, yeah. Amazing, yeah. right? See, I wanted his whole this whole album to make you feel like that song made you feel. Yeah. Well, I put it out there, man, and I, you can go look. People just started going nuts, man. People I haven't heard from in a, lo- a, a good minute are like, "I love that song." Who sings that song? Adam. What? When did you know? Like, it was just like, it was just that song is strong. I don't know if that would be my f- I, the one you did with him. Uh, she don't love me anymore is a rocking song. That song rips. <laughs> you know, I love that too. But yeah, he's he's a. Uh, He's on a different level, I believe, and I'm glad that he's in. He's part of what I get to listen to, and I cannot wait to hear this new stuff. So, my question about the band you mentioned, and I know we're getting towards the end of this because I know. Well, I, I don't want my phone to die. I'm not able to plug it in. Friday uh, cold because, beer time for Brent Cobb. Uh, yeah. What you uh, talk about IQ? 
baseball players what's your baseball iq hunting well you got a good hunting iq can you adapt do you know what's going on the hunting the the musical iq of charlie star front man and founder of blackberry smoke how high is it and i charlie was on here two weeks ago and the conversation like blew my mind is it like way up there like you're showing with your hand right now oh yeah dude yeah there's nobody quite like that guy he uh I mean, I was producing this album, but I would like lean on Charlie and just be like, well, well, you know, what do you think? (laughs) And, uh, you know, he was, but he's also just a super sweet dude. So he he would never step on any toes or anything, but he's man, that guy's, he's like, he's like a guru, you know, he's just got to feel like, I don't know. It just makes you feel better about life and music and everything. He played so much. I didn't know. Like he played pedal steel on this album. I didn't even know he played pedal steel, but he can play everything. He's he's the real, real deal. Are you a fan of the band live and on record to listen to their library? Absolutely. I, I love them live, and I probably don't know their library as well as I maybe should, but live, they're unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were awesome to work with in the studio, that rhythm section, Britt and Richard. Oh, my fall from grace was a sight to see. When I hear that riff, when I hear that riff, I just lose it, Brent Cobb. I'm like, God, what a way to say that life just took you by the balls and and pulled you around a little bit. Did y'all hear what I was saying before about the, uh, about, I was telling Adam the other day, Brent, about the reaction. You and I have touched on this with the reaction that people have. And I was talking to Travis Denning about both of you guys, about the consensus that's in my group of all the people that I that I work with or I associate with or party with or whatever. Everybody loves the music, right? Adam says that his his views and his listening ship goes his shazam numbers go way up when it appears on the tv show or when it appears on a podcast and stuff like that where is the music going and if we keep chipping away brent cobb if we keep doing what we're doing in our part is everybody going to be hearing this music the way that i want them to in the way that i feel that they deserve to are we on to something here i think so but only time will really tell it's hard to tell you think that we could be though? Yeah, I think you. I think for. I mean, you're the only one of your stature, caliber that's trying to do what you're trying to do on your platform, which is really cool because we have a similar demographic. You know what I mean? We 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 we're the same kind of folks. Adam, do you do you figure when you sit next to Brent Cobb and knowing how long y'all have been friends, do you often ask yourself as his friend, his songwriting companion, his good buddy, why in the hell hasn't he broke? And then do you ever say the same kind of shit about Adam Hood, Brent? Adam, you go first. I think that with Brent, I think that that, you know, the, the numbers as far as like people coming to see the shows, I think that can always better you know and and but the thing is i feel like that the the respect and appreciation from from like the industry i think that's pretty something you pretty much got i mean you got a grammy nomination for i mean shine on rainy day was grammy nom i mean that's that's pretty much your peers accepting something like that you know what i mean and so i mean it that's a pretty good test of of how well you've done and that was kind of out of the gate i mean i know you had records before that but like i mean that one was the first one with dave 
and uh, that was, uh, I mean, that was a pretty big thing. I mean, got you on late night and got you on, um, yeah. you know, stuff like that, Stapleton's tour, you know. And so, I mean, I feel like that as far as that goes, I think you've gotten a lot of that stuff. It's just a matter of the rest of the world finding it. And I mean, the problem is like, you know, you've had a big but for yourself, somebody that's, would, I mean, are they going to play your songs on the radio? I don't, I don't think, think I, don't, I just don't think radio is even a, a thing to worry about yeah. at this point, you know? I think you're at the top of your game, though. You know? I think that Adam Hood, Adam's been doing it about 15 years longer than I have, and I've been doing it 15 years. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, it someday, well, I think we're making the album right now that's going to finally get Adam his due. What's funny is, you know how everybody likes to watch movies like uh, like Walk the Line or like Ray about the artist and their struggling formative years? And everybody loves to pay a good ticket price to watch that movie after that son of a bitch has already died. <laughs> well, Adam <laughs> is, is actually in the middle of that real life. Right. I mean, he's been he's given his whole life to this industry and this creative his whole life. And he's still kicking ass and he's still young, considering. And speaking, I'm (laughs) I'm, it's you know, if people are that willing to buy a ticket on a story about a character, you know, but these granted, these people are true people, you know, real people. But those the movies are based on a particular point in their life. Surely they'll be willing to support that person while they're that actual person while they're actually in that moment of yeah. their life in real time. Which yeah. is who, yeah. That makes total sense to me. I think it's hilarious the way that you put it in the context that you put it in. But you, you, you think the the thesis of it is is that we just keep chipping away because you're at, that's what you guys are doing. That's what it is. You've dedicated your life to this. I'm just in awe that there's not. A, a huge following just based on the lyric. That's all I'm trying to say is that the lyric and the delivery is so unbelievable. All you got to do is listen to the first line of Tennessee will. All you got to do is listen to the first line of shine. And that should be enough to say I, I, this, this is the best hey. shit. <laughs> yes that line right there is just america like i picture myself being on bill street when i'm in memphis and i'm just like get chills about the river and the steamboats and that blind man and and bb king's blues club like i've been there i've lived it i've eaten barbecue i've listened to the music i've seen fist fights i've seen love stories taking place on that street even though it's not the same as it was when i first started going there in 2002 but when i hear that line i'm just like if that isn't america and if that that isn't like what you need to be putting into your ears. But the problem is, is that everybody that effing hears it loves it. So I don't understand why you can't get it out there to the masses more, meaning that somebody needs to take a risk on everyday radio. And Brent Cobb says, well, I don't know if radio really matters. I don't know if it does either, because y'all know the industry way better than I do. But all I know is before we got cut off, what I was trying to say is that when I play that song or I play any of the Cobb library, any of the Adam Hood library, People say, where do I get it? What's his name? What's that song? And and it, the proof is in the pudding. Our consensus of 100 people in my backyard saying the same thing 
is enough that the whole rest of the world be like, there's never been one person here in Adam Hood's song or Brent Cobb's song and go, man, turn that shit off. We know that it's quite the opposite every time. And you know, I'm right. You guys know I'm right. People hear your shit and they are mystified. I've had Randy Montana on here. I've had Travis Denning on here. I've had Justin. Moore. I told Justin Moore about both of you. He says, that is very good company to be in. Thank you. And he's had nine number one hits. He's written number one hits with David Lee Murphy. And he says that you guys are the company that he wants to be in. Maybe he'll call us and damn record one of our songs. <laughs> I'd like that too. That'd be great. Yeah. I don't know. I get I get so fired up, man, because when I, I listen to those songs today, and I told Brent, I'm always honest with Brent Cobb, Adam. I always tell him, like, I will not go to sleep without hearing a Brent Cobb song sometime before since I woke up that day, right? And ever since Brent introduced me to the Adam Hood Library, now like I find myself struggling at this point in my life. When I do find internal struggle, I relate to hell of a fight. And I just think about what you guys have gone through on making that ride back home after that city has kicked your ass for a week or chewed you up and spit you out. And it's happened to hundreds and thousands of artists. Don't get me wrong. But you found a way to put it in a context that every artist has been through in that city. It's just it's just weird to me that that is not what the world is talking about. And I wish that when I was a kid and I would open up a hit parader or a circus magazine and I'd be reading about my favorite bands right now, I would want to be reading about you guys and your lyrics and what's being written so i know that you've heard that i know that people have heard me preach on it before but i'm being for real like sorry brent go ahead i just, i think it's gonna happen i think it's gonna happen well yeah, and your timing is everything. I, I agree i think i think a lot of it has to do with with your efforts to do it too chad i mean we we need a champion you know somebody to kind of you're doing that hey chad hey. I, I have to play a show in about an hour but i i have to Brent's listen I'm, I'm gonna get I, wait a minute just end it by this adam say that last part because your internet went out you said we need a champion and then we didn't hear one other word say what you just said i you're doing that i mean that's we need somebody to to, to kind of talk you know kind of talk to talk about that's what you're doing you know Thank well, you. Yeah. I, hey, look, and I and I do it out of I do it because I mean this. And I, you guys, you know, I know Brent's got to go play a show, and I don't. You guys don't even need to sing one. I'll just tell people the when this is over to go get the freaking music and just listen to the, and just pay attention to the way you feel after you hear the lyrics of "She Don't Love Me No More" because I've been there. And then listen to "Hell of a Fight" or "Tennessee Will," and then go listen to every single fucking song that Brent Cobb has written and played, or go listen to "Tailgate Blues" by Luke Bryan if you want to hear unbelievable lyrics about having a conversation with yourself and what a tailgate song should sound like but i appreciate it and the reason i do it guys is because i'm enamored by it like i wake up thinking about the lyric and that's i really want people to understand that music is supposed to hit you and everybody can listen to music for their own reason but with your guys's library man i get so passionate and compassionate about it like those are first of all they're my friends i do anything for them i love them like brothers from another mother but when you just break down the talent and if i didn't know you adam hood i would think that you were a set maybe about a 57 year old black man that just has all of this insight with your delivery and your bluesiness like i mean that like when i hear you when i hear you lay it down bro i what's that brent brent say what you just said again after i said how i how i thought that adam hood would look oh yeah adam hood colorblind he only sees the blues <laughs> 
I think that's the album title. I love it. I love, see, you just come up with that shit that quick. But I, I really do. It's just like there is so there is so much life in this lyric, man. If y'all want to do one, I don't know if it'll play out. I don't know if the microphone's going to hold it. But I'm telling you guys, we I have never seen the reaction to music that I see when I put your guys' stuff on. And it's I can I, I wish I could just run people through here and let you hear it. I don't know if you can hear me right now, but I appreciate you coming on here and finish this one out. The new album you're working on right now, you're finishing up Adam Hood's new record. It's going to be a, a Brent R- Cobb produced album from Capricorn Studios in Georgia. You're putting the finishing touches on it in Nashville as we speak. When can we expect the release date? And you sang one song on the, on your episode last week, Adam, called the the realest stuff. And is it called the realest stuff? Hey, I, it's it's called the harder stuff. Yeah. The harder stuff. Yeah, it, we'll probably. I would imagine I won't I won't do anything this year. I will probably put a single out, but we'll probably wait for the album release to to come out next year. I mean, that'd be a that'd probably be the safest bet just because, you know, I mean, when you put out a record, you really want a tour to support it. So, you know, we kind of want to wait till those doors open. And we got some opportunities coming next year that we would kind of like to hold off on. But, yeah, we'll put a single out for the end of the year this year for sure. I've been hearing rumors, man. I can't wait. Yeah. And we and we yes. made some and and we made some plans today that I get to see you in less than a month. Well, a month from tomorrow. No, a month I'm from today. Excited. A month from today. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. I've been working on the venue today. Um, I, I got some. Uh, it's going to be a killer time. My birthday party is going to be played and hi- headlined by the great Adam Hood. Adam, thanks for jumping in there. I know you're busy. Go rest your vocal cords. Get this album out. I can't wait to hear it. Tell Brent, thank you. I know he had to run off to get on stage. Are you going to watch him? Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm probably going to finish up watching kind of what's going on in the studio, and then I'll probably head over there with him. So. Where is he yeah, playing tonight? Thank you. Uh, he's doing something at Bobby's Idol Hour. Uh, our buddy Mondo Signs does like a, he does a, it, 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 he puts it on his YouTube page and just has a guest and stuff like that. So I think Brent's going to do that Brent Cobb version of, of the Bobby's Idol Hour. I did it a uh, week before last. Awesome. Well, you take off and I'll yep. finish this up and tell people where to find the music. I appreciate you, brother. I'll see you soon. And uh, I can't wait to hear the new album. Thanks, brother. See you soon, man. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Yeah. See ya. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brent Cobb. We got a little bit of Adam Hood there right at the end. And uh, go find their music. I'm telling you, the lyrics are so powerful. The entire library. And I apologize for the audio, the technical difficulties, COVID, the California fires. It's a weird year. We got to keep our chins up. We got to stay within the rope, stay focused, stay in our lane. We're going to come out of this, man. It's as frustrating as heck when we've seen what's been going on with uh, America right now. And I ain't bitching. It ain't no pity party, but we got to come together and figure this out. And music is one way that I do that with myself. Personally, I like to sit in a hot tub and listen to Brent Cobb, Adam Hood, Leith Lofton, Drake White, Kyle Daniel, Paul McDonald. I can keep going on and on and on about who I love, but just check it out on the Foul Life playlist right now available on Apple Music, soon to be on Spotify. And do yourself a favor and go download Shine On Rainy Day album, Providence Canyon album, Brent Cobb's new songs off of his upcoming album, Keep Them On Their Toes, and Adam Hood's entire library on Apple Music and Spotify is genius. So go listen to him, support him. We're proud to be friends with him. I can't wait to see him again in person. Adam's going to be out here playing my birthday party next month. I'm excited for that. This has been another episode of 
This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast brought to you by friends, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking, everything in moderation. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions and the downloads and all the ratings and reviews. My name's Chad Belding. We are going to go out with an Adam Hood song, right? Ah, we're going to go out with a, a, a duo song, a duo. This is called She Don't Love Me Anymore. She Don't Love Me No More. She Don't Love Me. It's written in so many different ways on your sources, but just go look up She Don't Love Me. Adam Hood featuring Brent Cobb, Jake and Tom. Hit that button. Thank you all so much.